0: What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Roll Podcast with a bit of a new format for you tonight, our first Musky Monday. Andy, how are we, I guess I'll ask you.
1: I mean, this is kind of a an idea that you had that was kind of last minute, so I'm still kind of grasping what, what we're doing here, yeah. but I'm excited for it. I love talking Xavier Hoops, so... Why not talk some more Xavier Hoops? It'll be a little different than our regular bullshit. So it'll be kind of a breath of fresh air for the people that don't like our normal shit. (laughs) So everyone, (laughs) uh, no, I I appreciate that. And yes,
0: this is my brainchild. Um, Real quick, uh, it's going to be a bit of a different format, a little little bit shorter. Um, But we have been kind of, you know, as the podcast grows and evolves and our content grows and evolves, um, just kind of thinking about how to package things. And we talk a lot if you haven't noticed. And I think as we're just trying to grow and, and, and do different content, kind of maybe a little bit more mainstream in certain areas, we will always want to give Xavier fans Xavier content. Like that'll always be, you know, our heart. That'll always be like where we come from. And just like my favorite thing to talk about on planet earth is Xavier basketball. So I was like, fellas, what if we just did like a chunk of Xavier hoops on Mondays, just so we don't feel like we have to you know, pigeonhole it in on our regular content. Um, we'll still probably talk Xavier you know what i mean like obviously on, on the real stuff uh, but just kind of another way just to get that content out there and i just think of the perspective of like me you know like i just always want to be a digesting Xavier content so like if there's more out there even if it's not good you know it's out there i've listened to plenty of shitty Xavier basketball podcasts in my day and here's another one Okay, everyone, welcome to the podcast. So, Andy, like we said, just Xavier basketball has been on our heart, on our brain, just wanting to get more out there. I'm excited for this little project, man. It'll just be fun to just, like, focus on what we love just for 25, 30 minutes.
1: Yeah, because, like, we have felt a little obligation to reach out. Like, we feel like just talking Xavier would kind of stunt our growth a little bit, and we do want to grow and get this thing as big as possible. We um, decided that we're actually going to, like, take it seriously for that reason, Um, and, uh with Xavier being one of the smaller fan bases in the um like in the yeah, area sure. yeah. we, we, we kind of want to start broadening our horizons and talking more like national stuff uh during our regular podcast but we also got to get the Xavier feel out there so let's just add another podcast every week so yeah, we'll- I mean
0: yeah I think we'd be being disingenuous if we said that we didn't want to like broaden our horizons and you know, talk more mainstream stuff and build a bigger audience. Like, we're on the race of 69, Andy. Yeah, I mean, we've only made 50 bucks and some change. We're on the, we're on the, the speed track. The race is 69 here. I mean, that's not – and no disrespect to Xavier, it's not going to happen just talking to Xavier basketball. I mean, or it can happen faster. Because once you get to 69, Andy, then you got to go to 690. Then you got to go to 6900. I mean, so it, there's just a constant yeah,
1: yeah,
0: and we're just trying to, you know, get, help everyone win, you know. Um, and that's, you know, what the race 69 is all about. Um, but So it's funny because we were just talking about how this is going to be less stupid and, like, more informational. Um, and we're off to be a horrible start, so. Um, then there's
1: 69, 69, 69, 69, 69, 69, yeah, right. 69, 69,
0: <laughs> You said bullshit the first like eight seconds. so I, We've said 69. I think this is like six to nine times we've done that. Um, so it, it's off to a great start. Um, but yeah, th- that is our, our intention though, is to actually talk to your basketball. And you know, this is the only sports team in the world that I actually give a flying rats behind about um, actually talking about the actual team and not the entertainment value of it. Um, shouts to Snoop Dogg and Ice Cube. Oh, my goodness, that fight. We're going to have to talk about that. Overall, blah,
1: blah, blah. That's the We'll get that Wednesday. This is yeah, Muskie Monday. Sense.
0: But this is strictly for Xavier fans, Andy. That is all this is for. Um, this is for, like, our, like, inner child, Andy. Like, when I was a kid, bro, like, all I wanted was Xavier content, like, all the fucking time. Like, obsessed when I was, like, a teenager. And just there, was, there wasn't much out there. You know what I mean? Like, so we're just trying to make Xavier fan content for the Xavier fan. That's really all we're trying to do by the Xavier fan. Um, so, without further ado, I say we get into it. And quick shout, bro, like how – it was just insane. Snow to Northwestern. Northwestern. I did it again. Penn God State. damn it, dude. <laughs> Penn State. Dude, I <laughs> mixed up my crappy college basketball Big Ten schools. I'm sorry. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but shout, Penn. It, it, it can happen to anybody. I mean, they're purple and navy. On certain TVs, navy can look purple. Right. And they both suck. They both, so. have, like, they
0: both have cats. I mean, like, they are – honestly, they're very similarly branded schools. Like, like I'm going to call it like I see it. Um, one's a football school, one's a nothing school. You know what I mean? Like they're neither of them are basketball schools. I don't know. And one's, one's, one's a volleyball school. Yeah. One's a volleyball school. Yeah. Correct. Thank you. Um, and then also shouts of Dana victory. How to say that kind of bump set spike returning it back. Uh, anyway, (laughs) so, uh, first thing in Xavier basketball news, let's get started here. (laughs) Stop being idiots. Hard to do. You know, it takes so much stupidity out of us. So Jonas Hayes, and he gets the promotion associate head coach at Xavier, I love this move. I was super stoked about it. Only been on staff for three years. Um, Already the associate head coach. And I just don't think that's a bad move at all. I don't know if we have specifics yet as far as like pay raise. It would make sense that there's something to follow there as far as a pay raise is concerned. Um, But what did you think when you saw that move?
1: Not only did I love the move, I thought it was a move that absolutely needed to happen. Jonas Hayes is a guy that we need to keep in on the Xavier bench as long as possible. We need to have his recruiting connections. We need to have like the morale he brings because the players and the other coaches love working with him. And like, we just need his energy around and with the pursuit that other schools are, were pushing to get him on their staff. He's obviously a guy that's looking to grow. He wants to be a head coach. He wants to grow as a human, as a professional himself, just like he wants to help these players grow. And we needed to give a sign like, Hey, like, we, uh, we understand that you you want growth, we're going to give it to you. We're not going to keep, um, keep you handcuffed to a certain spot or else he'd up and leave. Like, we want to – he wants to be a head coach, so we want to mold him into that head coach from our bench and not someone else's. Yeah, no question.
0: And this is all from a Xavier fan's perspective, but – Especially with Ben Johnson on the way out, who was a big time get. I mean, you talk about the staff and shouts to Dana Victory again and shouts to Brian Snow at, at Northwestern. Um, he had mentioned back in the day that the st- <laughs> that the staff that Steele had brought on was incredibly impressive. You know what I mean? And, and if you had said that ten years prior that Xavier could have bring on a staff with that had a Jonas Hayes and had a, a Ben a Ben Johnson, but you had poached from their alma maters. You know, it would be in- incredibly impressive from high major schools. Um, so, in my opinion. With Ben Johnson on the way out, which is you know an awesome opportunity for him, something he obviously couldn't pass up. Like if you lose Jonas Hayes too, and no disrespect to, to Dante Jackson, but Dante was the only one of the three who's like a young assistant, really didn't have like a high major coaching uh, pedigree per se. Um, and it's kind of like stepping into a new a new realm. Uh, Jonas and Ben Johnson were cemented, you know, power, you know, uh, assistant coaches. Um, not to say Dante. And, that Dante's and not I really don't
1: think Dante's uh. Um NKU coaching experience counts because he had to learn under Dave Beazled. And we all learned quickly that's a terrible, terrible thing to happen.
0: Yeah, not great. Yeah. Um,
1: just taking a little jab at my at my old school. Good man. <laughs> Good
0: man. Thank you, Appreciate keeping it classy around here. Hashtag. Classy. Uh, thank you. Um but I think that you were kind of on the verge of it just being a rough situation. Um also Matt Graves left. He was just the special assistant. But I think if you lose Jonas and Ben Johnson, yeah, then you're in a tough spot. Also, both recruits were both, you know, Ben or Jonas Hayes was the lead recruiter for both recruits coming in, and he's honestly done a lot of the heavy lifting as far as recruiting is concerned, um, and been a huge piece of why things have gone as well as they've gone, in my opinion. Um, I think he's been absolutely huge, and two, he's just fucking awesome to have around. I mean, Jonas is the man. He, I mean, who wishes. Hey, tell me anyone else in the world that wishes 500 birthdays a year. I mean, no one's doing those kind of numbers. Um, but but seriously, like from a basketball perspective, I mean, he's been absolutely huge for Xavier University. And like just the way that he can recruit, I mean, you just keep that as long as you possibly can.
1: Yeah, I, I, we really just needed to acknowledge that we know your dreams and we, we're going to help you get there. We're not going to – we're just not going to hold you back. And yeah. we're, we're here for you just like you're here for us. And he, he deserves it. He has done so much for this program. The and in just the short three years that he's been been here, he deserves to already be in that position, and sure. he's he's a future head coach in the making. And it just shows that we're gonna get we're gonna get him there.
0: Yeah, and I don't think this. And obviously, the job that everyone has their eyes on is the Georgia job. And I don't yeah. think this stops you know Georgia from from taking him as the head coach. There's no way that he turns that down. But it may start you know like fending off some of the Tennessees of the world. You know what I mean? It, yeah, it gives you at least absolutely. a competitive chance, you know, to start, you know, fending off some of those – from some of those other schools um, that, you know, could poach and throw money at them. So I think it's just kind of a move of commitment, also a money boost, I hope. Um, and, I, you know, I'd be surprised if it wasn't. But I think just a great move. And Jonas Hayes is just way too valuable, in
1: my opinion, to, you know, let him slip through your fingers. Right, yeah. No, no one's going to leave a school in the Big East for a lateral move. And, like, um, so no one's go- – he's not going to leave – it's going to be very hard for another associate head coach job to right. take him away. Like, that that will fend off the, the Or just Tennessee like a regular teams.
0: assistant, you know, because I think a yeah. lot of well, other – well, he's definitely like, not moving down. Right, exactly. I mean, I, I think that Tennessee was trying to throw a lot of money at him. But that would be – if you're going to be a regular assistant in another school, that's a step down, you know. And also, too, he's cemented here – from all accounts, he enjoys, you know, working at Xavier. So I think it's all a good thing all the way around. It makes it a lot tougher for another school to poach him as an assistant, uh, which is awesome. So it, it would probably be – you would think a head job would be probably his next move, you would think. I mean, I'm not saying it's I would think so, to it a, th- a ton of money, which they could because there are schools that pay more than Xavier, um, but he's probably in a pretty good position now. But with that being said, as what we talk about the staff here. Um, more to come out about the special assistant. I don't think that's that crucial, if I'm being completely honest with you. Um, but when, we, when you think about the second assistant coach here, um, another obviously we have two of the three right now. It's interesting to see where we go here. I'm kind of interested to see what kind of like, to me it's like what recruiting landscape are we going to be looking at, um, as well as kind of a coaching style. You would think it would be, like we talked with Adam Baum, you know, a kind of a guard-centric coach. Um, but I am kind mm-hmm. of interested to see what kind of pedigree they're going to have. I know that we've had – you know, just from what I've been seeing, there was like a you know, Arizona assistant attached to some to some Xavier names, an Indiana assistant, uh, a Marquette assistant, and also we've heard Luke Murray as well. And I'm sure that more names will continue to pop up. Uh, but I'm just gonna be really interested to see where we go there. I don't know what your thoughts are on that.
1: See, like I really don't have many more thoughts other, yeah. other than what you just um, said. Because I mean, we just know that we need a guy that's gonna work primarily with the guards and the wings. Because Ben Johnson did a phenomenal job with that. We saw the growth of our uh, of our guards this past uh, this past season, like the growth of Dwan Odom and Colby Jones. Although they're two very coachable and easy guys to grow, so but they 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 improved like crazy. Them and C J. Wiltshire just improved like crazy all all season. So I just love the work that he did so it's, it's gonna be tough to replace we, we're gonna need a guy that's gonna be able to work with the guards like that and right. as far as the recruiting region I really don't think it matters we'll just we'll look more of a uh a, of an yeah. actual way to coach but we need we need a good recruiter as well doesn't matter no doesn't matter where because as long as they can bring in talent
0: I also just remembered and I actually just noticed I'm sorry while you were saying that I appreciate you keeping your underwear up Uh, hanging up behind you I do appreciate that just for the visuals thank you Um, (laughs) but it's not something I'm super worried about it it seems like Steele I mean he can recruit and obviously I think that you know getting a coaching staff it's it's sales you know what I mean like being coaches being a salesman He's obviously a great salesman as far as recruiting is concerned. And he seems very methodical and very well thought out as far as, you know, compiling a staff, you know I mean? The first staff he put together was extremely impressive. And I imagine he's probably already been thinking about this as the time is, you know, as, as things have come along. Um, But now more to roster stuff, obviously we added Nunji and Tandy to the roster and the incredible recruiting stretch continues. And I think these are some huge additions and it's going to, we talked about this a little bit, but I just have been thinking about it, man, I've been like literally like writing down rosters, writing down lineups, writing down rotations. Um, Julie and I actually brought home a big whiteboard just so we can start writing down, like, you know, on the big board, like, rosters and rotations and crap. Like, there is so much depth and talent on this roster, and I love what Nungi does from a a versatility perspective. And we don't have to get into this too much, because you already did, but, oh, my goodness, I have just been drooling over the roster, bro. Like, it's insane how much talent this this group has.
1: And it looks like we're getting the right talent as well, uh, because we – what Nunji does is he he fixes a, a hole that we had. It was a massive hole last year, and what he is is he is the exact opposite of it. And he he, he can defend down low, so he helps uh, so he, he helps the interior defense. He helps us be able to slide Fremantle over to the four, so he's not paired up with the Nate Watsons and uh, and
2: yeah.
1: the big Georgetown guys and the Duke like, the Duke big men Theo John. The the Duke yes like Duke Duke level big man Theo John who just bullied bullied down there with the average eight eight points five rebounds. Oh,
2: that's right, that's Wednesday.
1: But but definitely
0: uh, bro. But he is exactly what you would want. I mean he can legit shoot. I mean we it's been said like can shoot for a big man. I think he can legit shoot straight yeah, up. He's got
1: a smooth stroke back there. I mean. Uh, he, he was he was legit. He was literally Luca Garza's backup. He was another Luca less dominant Luca Garza.
0: And the numbers don't go back there. Numbers don't go crazy, but like I would argue, seven and a half and five rebounds behind the Player of the Year and the highest usage player in the country—pretty freaking impressive, in my opinion.
1: With the a, with a, with a, an offensive rating higher than anybody on our team, right? And he's got he's got some, got some great touch. I'm not gonna call him a, a three-level scorer, but he can he has great touch around the basket and has a great soft touch from, from deep A smooth yeah. shot out there. He is going to provide a lot of offensive versatility where he's not going to be, um, like I said, he's not going to be offensively inept like Jason Carter was, and he's not going to be glued to the block. Like Tyreek Jones was, he's going to be able to spread the floor and we're going to be able to move everybody everybody around. It's not necessarily going to be positionless basketball because he's not going to be able to take a guy one-on-one. Uh, but He's not gonna be able to take a guard one on one off the dribble, uh, but
0: <laughs> it happens, bro. But I think the biggest thing that he offers you is a rim protector. Like we haven't had a true rim protector since Zach Hankins, and I don't think he's the most physical guy in the world. <laughs> Can you go ahead and gather yourself. Uh, <laughs> but I don't think he's like the most athletically gifted <laughs> guy in the world. But there's just so many big men in college that are six foot eleven. I mean, honestly um so right, I mean, we I mean, kind of needed to
1: match that because right, right. uh, we had we had Fremantle who was undersized who uh, and like tyree jones played he, he was undersized like vertically but he was just a beast down there just a just a presence we haven't had in a while and like i dude and i thought
0: that uh brian griffin was super solid but he's not six foot eleven he just didn't have like I thought Brian Griffin, while he was really super solid, and I love Brian Griffin, I thought he didn't play enough. I don't think he had one, like, extreme skill. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Nunji, at six foot eleven and what he can do, I think can really be a, a, a solid back line for this defense, like where, you know, it's not Fremantle's responsibility to guard the biggest guy on the floor. Because that just should not be a thing with, with this group um, and how valuable he is on the offensive end. So he's way less vulnerable, vulnerable, vulnerable for fouls. Excuse
1: me. Uh, and take out of the game at that point.
0: Right. But I just think he gives you a nice back line. You know what I mean? In case someone does get behind Fremantle, can still protect the rim. Um, and then obviously, we both love Kiki Tandy. I mean, that, is, I think that's a massive addition. Just from obviously, that was the, honestly the exact skill set that I wanted. Like when we were talking about what we were going to go looking for, the exact skill set that Kiki Tandy has. And then, too, you think about a guy that's been integrated into a program for two whole years already in my opinion, that's better than any grab transfer we could have realistically gotten. I mean, having a Kiki Tandy who knows the group, knows the players, knows the system, all of that, I mean, I think that's extremely valuable. And then, too, I think it says a lot after a very, like, a a very tiresome, like, a, a huge trial of a season for Kiki, I mean, that he wanted to come back. I think it answers a lot of questions that we had about his investment, and obviously everyone talks about the stupid facial expressions and all that crap. I think it says a lot about the kid, and I mean, I'm sure that, I'm sure that part of it is if we're, if we're being realistic, uh, you know, maybe the you know, the portal not going the way he maybe envisioned. Um, but, you know, as Marcus Walters said, the main reason he came back is basketball. Dude, oh, my God, that tweet was so good, by the way. Who I didn't even talk to you. <laughs> Marcus stays undefeated, man.
1: Staying undefeated. That's- I, man that that's that's elite right there. Marcus you I, dog.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love him so much. Oh, uh, but I don't think to get on the roster too much. we have already talked about it, but yeah, I mean, I just I don't like I haven't been this stoked about a roster in a while. This is and, what, what,
1: what Kiki brings is just raw talent scoring. And if like, if he could just be in the right spot on defense, then he is going to be extremely valuable. And he, really what I'm looking for this year is is just – we're just going to look for him to grow. It, it, whether he plays a minute or not, that's not really the most important thing right here. We need him to be all in and grasp the system because after Nate Johnson and Paul Scruggs are permanently gone, they this is their last season, that's where Kiki Tandy is going to step right in. He's going to uh, be able to step in defensively and be in the right spot and play, play good, play good team defense. And then just use this natural raw microwave scoring ability. That's going to be massive because he's going to have to, he's going to have to fill Paul Scruggs and Nate Johnson. keep
0: launching, baby. Just keep launching. <laughs> just keep swimming, bro. Yeah. Just keep
1: swimming. So his yeah. time is coming. I, nec- I don't necessarily see a huge minute increase this season. Because we have essentially the same team coming back, minus yeah. C.J. Wilcher. So, the, 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 there's some minutes that I think he and Kunkel are going to split. Between, um, so, I think they're going to split Wilcher's minutes, and they're going to be fighting for them in practice.
0: But Kunkel had a decent amount of minutes on his own last year. He did, I, yeah. I think that you're going to see a more consistent spread in minutes for Kiki. You know, where – I mean, last year in the beginning of the season, he was playing like starter minutes, like 25 to yeah. 35 a game. I think He, he was year, off the bench
1: within four minutes and then played the rest of the first half.
0: This year, the roles are much more established. And I, th- I think that he's coming into the season behind Kunkel, behind every other guard. But at the same time, I think there's still some minutes to go around. CJ was really carving out a role, and Kiki was still getting some, some minutes and stretches. So, I mean, there are guard minutes, you know, to be carved out there. And then, too, I mean, there's another opportunity at point guard, in my opinion. Um, I think Dewan Odom's the only true point guard in the roster and he's, he can only play so many minutes. I mean, he's super talented, but he's only a sophomore, um, and you need a backup point guard in college basketball. Um, and I don't know who that's going to be yet, but I think Kiki could, if he wanted to carve out some more time, I think if he can make himself valuable at the point guard position, uh, I think that's another way that he could carve out some playing time, in my opinion. Um, but. I just love the roster, bro. I think you're looking at, I think he could carve out nine to 13 a game. I mean, I don't think that's anywhere near unrealistic. Um, and then two, he's a microwave at any given time. So it, would, it wouldn't surprise me at all, you know, to see him get, you know, some stretches where his playing time increases just because you can't take him off the floor. Um, so it, and, it's, I mean, he's just such a high ceiling guy that you just love to have on your roster. Like it just hurt watching and, him leave, just knowing what his ceiling is.
1: and, and, I, I I forget who I forget someone told someone told me this someone had this very genius Force quote that Trump. I absolutely loved and um, I don't know if I want to completely give her credit because it's funnier that way <laughs> but um, she said if Kiki could just learn the difference between a good shot and a bad shot his value is going to be astronomical in the offensive end and. Yeah. I completely agree with that because if if he just takes, he's he's gonna if he if he gets good shots up, he's gonna start hitting, and yeah. oh. like, it's just natural for a lot of averages.
0: From a, I mean, he doesn't care about nothing. Like if he takes good shots, I, I like the chances of it going down six times out of ten. Like he's he's that good of a shooter, bro. Like
1: He is as good of a shooter as I've seen since Trey. Like he, he's a shooter. And, he, and he's not necessarily glued to the three-point line. He can also drive and take it to the rack. As long as he oh. as as oh. as doesn't force anything, he can get to that basket. We saw that
0: later on, like, in the end of his freshman year going into his sophomore year, because he was an offensive juggernaut in the beginning of the year. Um, we were seeing him going downhill a little bit and just being incredibly tough to stop. When he gets going, his speed is tough. Huh. He is crap. And he is t- And he is, for, he's – for how young he, is, he came into college with a body. I mean, he can he can throw some weight around going to the bucket, and he's got a nice touch.
1: He, he finishes strong. That's what's crazy uh, he's, he's fearless, too.
0: That's what's insane to me is, is, like, how many minutes he plays versus how talented he is. Because, in my opinion, he is the most talented scorer on the entire roster, bar none. Like, even a more talented scorer than Scrubs, in my opinion. Like, straight-up scoring, if it was a one-on-one competition, I'm taking Kiki Tandy over everyone on the whole team. Like, straight up. Uh, and the amount that he played – I mean, his ceiling is insane. So, if it does start to click – it adds an insane wrinkle to this, to this offense. And I don't want to get on it too much as we move on to our next topic, but it's, it's a See? very, very fun roster. I'm so glad that he's still in the, in the bowl. Uh,
1: th- this is technically his sophomore year of eligibility, uh, th- coming in. I'm saying look out for his junior year. His junior <laughs> year is going to be incredible.
0: Eligibility is gonna be such a nightmare over the next few yeah. years. I mean, I don't, I'm not going to know what to call people. I have no idea. He's a, he's a junior, uh, that's a <laughs> senior, uh, Yeah, he's going into his senior year here. Uh, it's it's going to be tough, but he's a sophomore, I think. Anyway, uh, we'll talk about our last topic before we get into our last little uh gift here, or our little surprise that we have, I guess, nothing crazy. So, I heard it talked about it on Dana Victory podcast. Shouts to Dana Victory. Uh, <laughs> talking about, we got you. <laughs> talking about steel and, <laughs> and the expectations. We don't have to get on this too much. We've talked about it, but obviously, I think everyone knows it's a make or break year. I'm interested to hear kind of inter- people's perspective on like, if it was to go good, but not as, not as good as it, maybe we'd like it to go. Because I think what people want this year is a top 25 season, a top seven or a top six or seven type of seed. Um, I'm interested to see what happens. And this is a bubble team again. I don't think it will be hopefully we don't have to cross this road, but if it's like a bubble team again, and we like either barely eke in or barely miss like where we, where we're standing as a fan base, um, I think obviously there's a lot of context that plays into that. And I think that's one reason that that you and I have still have stayed so bought in. It's just like, there's so much stuff that's made it the way that it is, bro. Like this was not a normal year for anyone. And I doubt that UK is calling for Calipari. I doubt that Michigan state's calling for Izzo. I
1: doubt that. Well, the crazy thing is their fans are, but we call those fans idiots. That's
0: actually true. (laughs) Actually, that's a lie because yeah, you're right. There are actually a lot of fans doing that. (laughs) And they have, might have a couple more Final Fours to their name, if I'm being completely honest with you. But yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know, dude. Like I, We've had such a young coach in such a tough conference inherit a roster that lost so much. Um, and, man, I've been honestly impressed in certain stretches. And don't get me wrong. I've had my, my criticisms for sure. But I remember maybe the most important – the most impressive thing that I've seen is that first year when it was bad. I like, remember at Maui we got torched. I think it was like – either early in the Big East or right before the Big East started, like, we were in the rough shape. Like We lost six dive.
1: Big East games in a row, including yeah. including DePaul. There were some stretches where it was bad. Like we were, like, multiple
0: games under five hundred, and it was ugly to watch. And there was a part of me that was like, oh, my goodness, this could go off the rails in a hurry. And he kept it on, and we almost snuck back in the conversation there. One, uh, you know, Gillespie slide under charge call that was complete horseshit, from you know being right there in the mix um and and really got it going I thought that was super impressive it really could have gone off the rails there like that would have
1: been that that looked really bad yeah we'll talk about that first season for a second that got like we, we were dragging on one wheel and that one wheel was wobbling it was bad uh and then they they had that spark they we we followed a six game losing streak with a seven game winning streak, and like people keep talking about how we all we, we play our worst um, ball in March. That this season is a perfect example of that being a lie. Like we've we've seen yeah we've seen uh, two seasons where we were we were dragging in March, but this season shows that he can turn a program around and get them get. That was a bad team. Let's be honest. That was a bad team. Like, a young, you got a
2: you, you got a, a with it was. That
1: it was a, it was a young team that did not mesh well together at all. And he got them playing a style of basketball that we really hadn't seen at Xavier in a while. Like he, he was very defense first. We're going to win win with our defense and have the defense spark the offense. And like we held, we had Villanova like 56 points. That's kind of unheard of with the way, with the way they play. Uh, Yeah. Granted, that wasn't like your typical dominant Villanova team, but they're still Nova. They're They've still Villanova. They're still they still Nova. had Colin Gillespie. They've been and... good
2: at
0: all the year in the Big East. I mean, in, in different degrees, but yeah, you're right.
1: Yeah. So, and we we held them to under sixty, and we we took them to overtime just by playing great interior defense and uh, and sparking our offense with it. We didn't. We I'm weren't fighting shooting the ball lights out. right now. <laughs> I
0: almost go interior i'm fighting every instinct right now my man um i love it i but i think we both know i don't think we need to you know get on this one too much yeah. obviously we, we all know what the implications are right now and i mean i just think that we know this one like we know what he needs to happen i don't think it needs to be said on every single comment that xavier basketball posts on twitter like, i don't think you know every single mike saver of the world needs to comment on literally everything and i don't know i guess there's a way that I mean, it was talked about on Dana Victory, shots of Dana Victory, um, that there was this conversation during the Mac era, after the Dez stuff. Um, there were some real conversations I remember those days. Um, I remember being at a Creighton game and hearing fire, Ma- fire Mac chance. Um, when we lost bad in overtime. So, I mean, it's not like we haven't been here before. Okay. Um, and this is a whole different ballgame. We haven't had a coach inherit a Big East team that had lost two of their best players in school history. You know, um, so and, yeah. and
1: and also like we're also a, think about it, we're a we're a Najee Marshall charge call. We are a Kaiser Gates. We are a Paul, Paul Strug in, injury. injury away from a COVID. A, a, a COVID away from having a completely different conversation. Mm-hmm. Like, this conversation does not ha- – if one of those four things does not happen, we're not having this conversation right now.
0: Honestly, the odds of all three of those seasons going the way they did are, is pretty rare. I think if you were to go back in time and roll the dice again, I think we'd probably make the tournament one or two times out of three
1: at least. Yeah, and we're, and we're not having this conversation. And this is not a conversation, so –
0: I mean, I think but it's I, gone about as poorly as it realistically could have gone. I think we've had some tough luck, but, you know, it's, this isn't a luck-based business. This is a results-based business. Um, but, you and, know, so it goes. But uh, that, so, that's yeah, part of the ballgame.
1: So what we're looking for this year, I mean, obviously, we're looking for a great – not just improvement, not just getting into the tournament. I'd very much like to not be on the bubble and not go through those stresses. <laughs> I'm tired of <laughs> – also
0: – My marches have been really sweaty, and I'm tired of being sweaty yes. all March.
2: I'd I'd, I'd love to see
1: an improvement in must-win games. Yeah. So the the win-get-in game record has not been good at all. So that definitely needs to get better. Um. And there has there has been like the the Butler game was a very poorly coached game. And we all know who I am when it comes to uh, talking about Travis Steele. It was a very poorly coached game. Agreed. Uh. So that is like, but stuff like that. In-game coaching is a learning experience. You grow with it. Most other coaches have that in-game, uh, in-game, in-game strategy, in-game adjustments. Like they don't. It, it, it's ugly for just about every coach, and most of them don't have to do that against the Big East.
0: I was younger, but there were days during the Mac era, like his first few years, I was like, "What the hell are you thinking right now?" Like, yeah. I just,
1: yeah. There were even games like his final game. I was like, "What the hell are you think, doing right now?" Later
0: in his career, he, I
1: he
0: improved a lot. I thought he was pretty dang good most. Absolutely. Games. Um, yeah. like the Arizona a, game, for
1: example, he outcoached Sean Miller, in my opinion. That that um, he did. I'm I'm, I'm not saying uh, Chris Mack was ever a bad coach. I'm saying like yeah. even yeah. even as, like even as a top five team, as a as a guy who's about to take over a program like Louisville, you still have games like that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It happens. Uh, I think there's a lot to be learned but I think that I, I think that firing would be would be too far. I don't far even off. think
1: it's seat hot with the in my um, opinion, administration it, just in yet. In my
0: opinion this is the last thing I'll say on this. I think that Xavier fans should be huge Steel fans right now because I think if you have to go in a different direction and start from scratch I think that's worse. really bad news for a program like this. I think that this has been honestly a pretty lucky stretch of coaches where we have just not missed, you know. And for a small program trying to punch above their head, that's massive and that creates continuity and just what that allowed us to build year in and year out and just build a brand of consistency. I, I, I don't think that going in another direction would be, I think it'd be very, very risky for, for a Xavier, for a Xavier university. Well,
1: especially cause like you, you have a one, a big buyout. We saw what um, is happening across the street with a with big buyout. It's yep. not, it's not pretty messy. Um, yeah. We like we can't even afford to, we can't even afford to keep coaches to coach for us. We, we, very much can't afford to pay coach to not coach for us so one, you have that so it, unless you want to um unless you have three million dollars to uh yeah. to just throw out i would i would shut up on that on that aspect. i don't i
0: mean we'll see how coin <laughs> does but i don't
1: yet um. um but also like it it's going to create like that you're going to have a bunch of transfers we, we're and we're you have no idea how the recruiting is going to be either. So we yeah. are in the middle of a. Of it's the just greatest. A complete unknown. It's, it's
0: not yeah. like you're in North Carolina where you can just have the cream of the crop and all the best assets in the world. And don't get me wrong. The Xavier program is built a lot and it's in a, it's in much better shape and a much yeah. more attractive job and a much more attractive, much more attractive option for recruits and everything like that. But it's still not, in my opinion, if you, if you stripped all the coaches of their jobs and had every job, you know, on the slate, I don't think it would be in the top 25. I think it might be in the top 35, top 40, but it's not Michigan State. You know this. You know what I mean? It's not Michigan. In my, gotta
1: know who we are. Like a yeah. lot of people think that we can go out and get Mark Few, which spoiler <laughs> alert, we can't.
0: <laughs> that? And and we'll go check into an asylum real quick. I, I think we'd be competitive in, in in a coaching search, but it's a, it, but like look how look how much Indiana is struggling, and they're Indiana. Like I just, I just do not want to start playing the coaching carousel game at Xavier. I I've, like the way that we've done it has always worked. And I think it will continue to work. I, and also too, I mean, look at, I, I don't think you can call a coach a bad after three seasons in his thirties. I mean, look at Scott no. Drew. I mean, we, look, there's so many case studies of, of young coaches who kind of got their doors blown off in the first few years.
1: Well, um, like, but, even his first few years in the, he had already had head uh, coaching experience, but his first few years in the East were terrible. Jay Wright. Right, I, there's a
0: lot of coaches out there, and I believe in the blueprint. Steele's an easy guy to root for. I think that his recruiting ability, one, I mean, if you can bring in good talent, that, in my opinion, that's as valuable of a of a coaching skill as there as there possibly is. And he is a great recruiter. I think that he repre- represents the university well. I think there's just a couple things he can do better, you know. But I think all in all, from what he has like... he hasn't done a horrible job, in my opinion. It hasn't been perfect in any way, shape, or form. Um, but. I, I don't know. I, I, I would love to see Steele work out. I mean, I think that's easily in the best interest of Xavier basketball, not to go in another direction. That's just me. Um,
1: and, but and anyway. Like, and he, he has guys breaking down doors to try to get in, <laughs> in, a, in on his staff. Right. Correct. I, an Accidental pun there. We'll
0: literally yeah. run through a door for him. I mean, literally. <laughs> running through doors for Steele. Um, so, and, uh,
1: yes. like, people want to get on his staff. Like, when Ben Johnson's job opened up, like – it just shows that he has the ability, like great coaches want to coach under other good coaches and um, ones that are going to help them grow and to be other, I mean, be head coaches elsewhere. So, and he's already shown that he has that, he has that capability. So like he's going to, he's going to get good coaches under him and he's going (laughs) to learn and grow. (laughs) God Damn it, dude. Uh, He he's, Oh, we're not good at this. <laughs> he he's gonna learn and grow himself and get better at the in-game coaching and. Get...
0: <laughs> oh, nowhere to go but up. Nowhere to go but up. But I think moving on because we're just who we are. I I don't think we have much more left in the tank. So, Andy, have you said your piece on steel?
1: For this, for this um, episode, yes.
0: All right, let's go back to circa 2011-2012. Um, so what we're going to do is our – what is the name of it? Musky moment of the day, Andy. Our musky yes. moment of the day. So what we're going to do at the end is for some good vibes and send you off the right way. Just reminisce real quick on a good musky memory. And what we picked today, Andy, is – I'll have to look up the year here real quick. With the Xavier-Purdue game, the two Holloway game, an absolute classic. I know that the Xavier – social media team made a video on these when they did like those musketeer moments or whatever it was. Uh, They did like a video series, I think. And it was like one of the four or five they did. Um, If you want to talk about that comeback, because for me, Andy, I thought this would be an interesting perspective because I wasn't able to watch the actual fun part. I got to watch the shitty part and then go into work when I was a a young buck uh, as a server and as a teenager. Um, So I think I watched us down 15, 16 and I'm moping in work. Uh, and then I'm serving some tables. I see some like really excited people in Xavier gear and like really happy. I was like, ah, it's a shame about the game tonight. They're, like you didn't hear. Uh, I was like, what do you mean? They're, like we came back. I was like, we were down like 18. What do you, what do you mean? And then just watched the highlight and went home. My dad just freaked the fuck out. What was your experience
1: like that day? So I was one thing I, I started doing around that age was if things go <laughs> easy, Easy, <laughs> I was about seventeen. Try any more theories here <laughs> I was sixteen seventeen and then started to discover some things about myself <laughs> uh, but uh when things start going well i start I started like talking to myself like, hey, it's probably not gonna happen where it's it's this is probably gonna end up being a loss, and it hurts, but you're gonna have to like let's not let's not get ext- incredibly angry um <laughs> What? And then then we know then we then know myself now, so, you, so so
0: you started that process in sixteen seventeen, and what happened? Because we're like ten years later now.
1: Well, what happened was oh, we're we were we were. It seemed like the lo- the loss was inevitable that, at that point. So right. um, like it was it was pretty easy to get over. Yeah. Um, but then you know, two Holloway started sucking me back in. I mean, because we're, we're, this is a Purdue team. It's got Robbie Hummel. Like they're a good team. The team was good, and. Uh, yeah, yeah, we're playing at centos, but it's it has it has not gone well at all at this point. Those and were the then, where
0: Purdue probably hated us because we beat them in the what was that the round of thirty two, not not a few years prior. Yeah,
1: yeah, the Elite um, eight run.
0: yeah,
1: yeah. So um, yeah, Purdue probably they, they probably were out there for revenge. I mean, it's a um, Ohio versus Indiana school, so I mean it's not that distant. Um, so what, well that experience for me. It was it was on ESPN U. I did not have ESPNU back there, so I'm watching it on my computer. I'm in oh, the I living room. Those days, dude. Oh those so I'm watching a very Extreme pixelated
0: computer.
2: I used to do those all it was all the
1: time. I, and it's like not even like I had a really nice laptop. It was just the desktop computer mm-hmm. at my parents' house and um it was pixelated and yep. sometimes it was struggled to see if the ball went in or not. Yep. But um, so I'm watching. I'm still, I'm still watching it, and then no announcers. Two and- Did it even have announcers on it? Yeah, it had announcers. Okay, I
0: remember buying like shitty yeah. streams back in the day with, like there'd be no announcing crew; it would just be like the game audio.
1: I mean, yeah, when you're watching NKU versus Navy, that's what it's gonna be. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but Xavier versus Purdue definitely had announcers. I was thinking
0: of like 2007, like <laughs> Xavier versus like LaSalle.
1: <laughs> Go ahead. And so. But like, so two Holloway starts hitting hitting a couple threes, and I'm like, oh okay, okay, let's let's see let's see where it's let's see where it's going. I'm, I might I might be setting myself up to throw a golf ball through a wall again. Um, so then when he hit that shot at the top of the key, I'm like I started running around like crazy, like I I ran around the entire kitchen, the entire, and I'm just screaming. My sister comes down like, will you shut up? And I'm like, no. Xavier's coming back so get used to it right now <laughs> we are so back baby I've seen the
0: highlight a million times and I didn't mean to interrupt you there but there were those just those plays where two would get a screen take one dribble to either side and pull up and they just would always go in like it was just like his signature like he just needed one dribble off of a jab step pull up nothing but and I feel like there were switches every freaking time the, like and he would just go unconscious bro like for seven minute stretches just like any pull-up jumper
1: he wanted nothing but and it's not like he was like some big six eight guard out there like he's five ten like, on a good day it, yeah five ten on a good day shorts down to his ankles and he is just <laughs> pulling up over everybody Baggy fam. it was just incredible I always get this
0: game mixed up with the Vanderbilt game. remember that one we went to Vanderbilt on the road I think it's just because it was comeback game team that wears gold um and especially back then, I mean, beating a team in a power conference back in those days felt like a big feat. You know, you felt like you kind of slayed a giant a little bit. We still had the, you know, the mid major role or the mid major tag on us back in those days. It's, I remember. I, I remember. Years.
1: I was, I was at the game against Georgia um, when Kentavious Caldwell cope was there, dropping thirty, and we Caldwell just goat. The shit out of him. Yeah, he he, he was not there yet. Not at that. <laughs> not at
0: Caldwell Go has always been Kentavious Caldwell <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh So, <laughs> goddamn, I, I I was at that, and we just kicked the shit And I just came out like, we are a big time program now. Did you talk shit. Like, it talk had K? that. Oh yeah, I um uh, flipped them off down there.
2: <laughs> no <wonder they laughs> you Come birthday. to the Come to this side. <laughs> come at
0: me. I'm a man. I'm forty. Great stuff, dude. I remember. I remember just being so giddy, dude, because I still get emotional about Xavier games. I mean, I've. Like, not like that. Like, I'll be, like, it'll just mess with my mood. But I remember back in those days, like, that would be either, like, you know, the, like the office, like, when it's, like, good news or bad news. Like, you're throwing a party or you're just pissed. Like, I'm either throwing my shoes at the TV or just absolutely going bonkers and just, like, waving my, my shirt on my head like a helicopter. Uh, like, that was – I mean, I just freaked out at work the rest of the night and probably just didn't remember anyone's orders or anything like that. But
1: just, oh, my goodness, an absolute daymaker, though. Like, two was the best. And, and that, that that was really a big moment where like, two is reaching goat status here. Mm-hmm. Like he is inserting himself into a top five player in creating a history. legacy. Yeah, yeah. He,
0: like that was one of those moments that started like creating a legacy for two.
1: Yeah, because like he had he had that Kansas State game and then, um, so he, he already had that under his belt where he put himself into into Xavier remembrance. Be fun
0: topic. some days. one of the clutchest Xavier players of all time. He's got to be in the top five, just from pure Easily. <laughs> Easily. Easily.
1: Maybe, maybe maybe number one. Uh, yeah, like, I mean, I, I say, like, I say it all the time, the like, like uh, I always say Skyline was too Holloway today. Needed that. Clutch. Needed that. I love it. it, it came up it. big. I love it. Nothing like a good memory.
0: And we just thought that would kind of just be, like, some good vibes as, like, being Xavier fans kind of been rough. <laughs> and then it's been so <laughs> negative. Um, so, we just thought that kind of be a fun thing at the end. Just kind of reminisce on a
1: positive Xavier memory because there's been so many. Um, yeah we've You're been happy. surrounded by so much negativity that we just need to um we need to talk yeah. about the positive stuff he and wasn't the Mike good Sabre. times I muted him so i don't Sabre. know if that guy exists I don't anymore.
0: think i'm gonna i don't think i will uh, nah <laughs> <I'm not gonna. laughs> I'll <pass>. uh <laughs> it would be, be better I if i know did her and i will not do it <laughs> Um, anyway, I hope this, I hope this was – I hope this served. I hope this was fun for you guys to listen to, especially our Xavier fans out there who we always have love for and always create content for. Andy, appreciate you jumping on and allowing me to wake you up and, uh, and talking Xavier hoops with me at uh, 10 o'clock on a Sunday night.
1: Hey, there's no, no place I'd rather be. So, I now I'm going to go continue my either nap or uh, volleyball watching. Some people call always- 10 o'clock at night going to sleep, sleep. Um, but
0: that's your prerogative. I'm not going to tell you how to live your life. <laughs>
1: it's, it's quality nap time. Yeah, correct. Love
0: you, <laughs> brothers. Stay classy. Uh, Xavier Nation gang, forever good to talk
1: to you. Thanks for doing this with me. And hey, get used to this because the, the Sunday night, Z- musky Mondays, it's looking like it's going to be a pretty regular thing. So, Xavier Nation, we do this for you. I love you. Have a good Monday, you rascals.